Welcome to the What She Said podcast. My name is Candace Sampson. I am currently in the middle of divorce proceedings, working towards my psychology degree, dating for the first time in 20 years, raising three teenage girls, a senior dog, and two guinea pigs. And in the middle of all this, I thought it would be a good time to buy the What She Said media property. What could possibly go wrong? I've been in the trenches with women across Canada for over a decade now, oversharing on the Yummy Mummy Club, Life in Pleasantville, and on all my social media pages, and I totally do it for the gram. And now I'm coming to you on the radio at 105.9 The Region and on this podcast. Apparently, I have a lot to say. So let's get rolling. It feels like as parents, we are inundated with information about our children from the day they are born, and it's without a doubt a teensy bit stressful. We worry about their nutrition and education and development. We worry about their sleep, their friends, and their health. And just when we think there is nothing new we could possibly worry about, we find a new worry. I say all of this is a precursor to our next podcast because I first heard of PANDAS, an autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder, when a friend very publicly shared her daughter's battle with it on Facebook. Her child's temperament appeared to change overnight and seemingly without reason. It was scary to read, but at the time, it seemed a little bit obscure. But then I saw it again with another friend and then again. So I want you to hear my next two guests' story, not to scare you, but to inform you. Because just like you'll probably never need to know how to get out of a car if it lands in water, it's really useful information to have should you find yourself in that predicament. The more you know, the better equipped you are to deal with it and advocate for your child. Joining me in the What She Said studio is Jen Schlumberger and Leslie Best, who want you to know what they didn't know about pandas. Welcome to the show, Jen and Leslie. I'm so happy that you joined me today. So as I said, this panda sort of popped up in my feed on Facebook. I saw a friend going through it and she was really struggling and it seemed a little obscure. And then I saw it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it's something that is really on the rise. Mm -hmm. So tell me what your tell me your story with it first, Jen. Okay, so um, ours is a pretty new journey. Um, it began December 3rd. Uh, so basically overnight, my five-year-old developed OCD. So uh, a lot of times when people think of OCD, they think neat and orderly and hand-washing. Right. That can be part of it, um, but uh, intrusive unwanted thoughts. Mm -hmm. So overnight, I was putting her to bed. It kind of been like bubbling a few days before. But um, it was worried thoughts, anxious thoughts, nervous thoughts, and it got really scary. And the final thought before I put her to bed was, mommy, mommy, my mind is telling me, imagine I was dead. Oh, my God. So I was shaking, and I closed her bedroom door, and I went online, and I Googled acute onset OCD. And Pan's Pandas was the first thing that came up. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard of it, um, I think... I don't know, just in passing, I'd, I'd heard of it, but not. I didn't know much about it. But I knew in my core that this is what she'd had, um, what she had. So there's other symptoms like frequent uh, urination and urge to pee. So that day she felt like she had to pee 30 times. So, of course, you're thinking mm -hmm. UTI. But so with the intrusive thoughts and the urge to pee and the clinginess and the fear, and she was just so scared, um, I knew this is what she had. So the so next day— So did she have— 
did she have strep at that point? So no. So she, um, uh, a week before, had a cold. So we thought it was a run-of-the-mill cold. She said, I have a sore throat. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think anything of it. Strep's never been something that's been in our house as far as I know. Um, But she started coughing, no fever or anything. So we just gave her her inhaler. She's kind of uh, prone to asthma, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So she she was sick for four or five days. Um, But we never went to the doctor. So that was about, yeah, a week and a week and a half before this OCD onset. So you were not, were you... At that moment, were you associating those two together? This this cold she had with yeah. when you did that, when you searched that, you you yeah. made when the I connection. When I read that, I was like, "This makes total sense. That's the infection." Mm-hmm. A week and a half later, here she is with this sudden acute onset OCD, and I knew I had caught it super super early because from right. everything I had read, sometimes it's years before people know. And I also was reading about how bad it can get quickly. So that's why I took her to Emerge. So, I mean, now there's not a lot of comparison here, but I I, I did a little bit of reading about this before we got in here. And so it reminds me a little bit of Lyme disease in that it needs to be caught early Mm -hmm. and and dealt with, or the the effects of it are long-term. Yeah, I think the the earlier you catch it, the better. Ch- like if the brain brain gets super inflamed, <laughs> and the longer you're in that state, the harder it's going to be to course correct and get back to your baseline of of where your kid is at. Okay. Um. So, and Lyme can actually is be a, a huge trigger. trigger yeah. Of, Lyme is a big trigger. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're gonna come back, mm-hmm. but Leslie, I want to hear your story because you have not just one child, yeah. but two. Two, yeah, yeah. I have three children altogether, two affected. Um, so my eldest is 15 now, and the youngest is seven. They're the two that are affected. And my 15-year-old, even back to kindergarten, we can remember times where he just had transient tics, or so we were told, transient tics, big blinking outbursts, or um, he would say something and then quiet, it, and it would go away. And then it would, you know, six months later, all of a sudden he would be repeating whatever he said under his breath. So he would say a sentence and then like repeat it quietly under his breath. And I was like, that's strange. You know, what is he doing? And then the the worst time was um, right before his 10th birthday. He all of a sudden couldn't stop repeating the word okay. Like he was just saying okay over and over and over, like hundreds of times a minute. We were trying to watch a show once, and um, I had him in the bed with me just to kind of observe him. And he he was like, okay, 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 okay. It was that frequent. And I knew then, I was like, there's something really wrong. So I'd taken him to the doctors, and we had talked about transient tics. And a lot of boys, 25% of boys, uh, adolescent and, and young boys, can get transient tics. So it was kind of rugged or swept under the carpet as that for a while until the OKs. And then we got sent to a pediatrician who told us that he had mild Tourette syndrome. And even that pediatrician said to me that may get worse with strep. And I had I had wow. never heard of pandas. I'd never seen this pediatrician before. So I came home, told my husband of the diagnosis. I said that apparently when he gets strep throat, it's going to get worse. And, and that was the end of it. I thought that just when he got sick, it would get worse. But it definitely wasn't a pandas diagnosis. That was in January that we got that in 2015. And then in like June of 2015, our youngest 
she was two and a half, had been out um, during the day with her grandparents. And she came home at five in the afternoon and they're standing in the hall and she's blinking so bad. Like her whole head is going and um, it wasn't just a blink. It was a whole face blink. And I said, has she been doing that all day? Am I father-in-law was like yeah and I was like what is going on so we observed her for a few days and then she started to get a speech block so she was at two and a half stringing together seven words you know where is my doll mummy I love I am hungry you know just that stage and she couldn't even get a full word out she was like "Mm," like they were stuck and she would say my words are stuck that those were her description of what was happening so I took her to the doctor to our family doctor and uh, thank the Lord he had a grandson that was autistic and autism and pandas affect the same area of the brain so he had heard of it and he said, I think your daughter and perhaps your son have pandas. And this is a controversial diagnosis. Brace yourself, Leslie. He'd been my doctor for my whole life, so he knew me well enough to say that. You're going to hate the treatment. It's long-term antibiotics. And he knew, you know, I'm a natural person. I'm raising my kids vegetarians. Like, that was nightmare to me. Mm-hmm. And said, this is what we have to try. And we immediately put her on a month of erythromycin, which is normally a five-day course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't see any results until we had about 30 days of erythromycin in her. But her first course of action was six months of erythromycin every day, something we usually only treat for five days. Right. That's a crazy amount of antibiotics, right? And then, you know, you'd be worried about sort of Mm -hmm. the side effects of that as well. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So your son, did you, so do you think he had this for quite a long time then? I do. And so do you, so was strep a recurring thing for him? So this is where when your kids are young, they say the stats say that a a school age child can have strep once a year. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if strep and a lot of kids like we were, um, Jen and I were speaking before, sometimes strep is the initial trigger. And then there's another subset of disease. uh, The other subset is called PANS. And that's just when any sort of um, immune response causes a flare. So if mm-hmm. a child has Lyme, then they're more of a pans. If they have, it can be seasonal allergies can trigger a flare. Um, anything can figure, trigger a flare, really. Losing a tooth. Mm-hmm. The bacteria that losing a tooth uh, will trigger a child's immune system and then it will attack their is brain. Is that because the strep is in their system? Mm-hmm. or the it's kind or of the... already weakened the immune system. The okay. immune system's already confused and it's already gone. Like it just, when the immune system, it's an overreaction yeah. of the immune system. Yeah, so it's an autoimmune mm-hmm. condition. Like it, because um, a lot of people think it's the bacteria itself that yeah. is causing the symptoms, but it's your body, and exactly. it, your body attacks your brain. So mm-hmm. your brain is inflamed, um, and yeah, and so there can be so many triggers. So getting to know what your child's triggers are, it's yeah. a lot of journaling. It's a process of elimination. There are blood mm-hmm. tests that can show certain things for sure, um, but yeah, hard to get. It's hard, hard to, get. to get. It's hard to get those tests done. So Jen, you. When you you realize this, and you're you in your heart of hearts, you know yep. this is pandas. This is yep. what's happening. Yeah. What happened next? What happens next? So, uh, because this is still controversial, I keep saying this is like the fibromyalgia of the pediatric world. Like That's in the so sense, funny of it like, is. Yeah. Of like, mm. oh, you have cr- oh, you have fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So there's a bit of a, a yep. hysterical mother lens that you're looked at through by Absolutely. a lot of medical professionals. So, um, I went in there and I. I, I was torn. I was like, I don't 
part of me doesn't want to tell them that I have Google diagnosed this because doctors hate that anyway. Um, but the other part of me, like, I have to mention it. So I tried to do it as diplomatically as possible. Mm -hmm. And hey, look, um, I know that you probably hear this a lot. I feel very strongly that this is pans, pandas. And they, you know, in Emerge, the docs kind of said, well, you know, that isn't really. Mm. And I was like, Haha, OK, please check her out. So, you know, uh, to be fair, they did a thorough assessment. Um, they have to look for other things, too. Is this a brain tumor? Mm. You know, does she have um, like issues, motor issues? Well, you know, I looked um, at some of the symptoms and they are vast. Yeah. And and can vary in intensity. Yeah. So I would think uh, for the medical community, it must be hard to look at that and then, you know, because you would be looking for lots of different, you know, uh, explanations for this, right? It's not like there's just one mm -hmm. place sure. where this fits. So for that's sure. part of the struggle, right? So I think that, um, yeah, they, they, and please do check for all those things, you know. Of course. Um, yeah. I was glad she was assessed and I was very relieved, you know, it wasn't a brain tumor and um, those kinds of things. So, but at the same time, you can quickly eliminate things and there are blood tests and swabs and strep tests that you can do and if you have these symptoms and it's not this or this or this this is what it is yeah. and let's get on it and let's get treating it ASAP even though I brought her in within 24 hours it still took us a month to find a doctor to finally give us a prescription for antibiotics so it makes me wonder, would we have gotten as deep into the like trenches of hell mm -hmm. had we had the antibiotics right off the top? So I read somewhere that it was, uh, you know, it needed to be caught early and that sort of those first six weeks were critical and it took you four weeks. Mm -hmm. So where mm -hmm. are you at now as we sit? We're in February now. Where are we at now with your daughter? So we're still not through our first flare. We haven't reached baseline consistently. We've had good days. So we have so... Um, there was a period of time, Christmas was hell. Like that was peak bad. We're talking like, so the emotional liability, the rages that it, so it went from the OCD and then basically every symptom on that list, check, 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 check. Mm. And it just got worse and worse and worse. So tell me some of the symptoms. So the frequent urination and then they're like, well, has she peed her pants yet? And I'm like, well, no. Yeah. Sure enough, <sighs> leaving the doctor's office that day, she peed her pants. She doesn't peed her pants since she was two. Right. Um, so, uh, then the the rages, the emotional liability, liability that's been the hardest. It's like anything can set her off. You you look at her the wrong way. Her brother uses a tone that's a little too playful. Like she will just and then just the screaming and the shrill and the, the her pupils, her pupils. Like she looks like I said to the naturopath that we ended up seeing. Um, I said she looks like she's stoned. Like my daughter looks like she's done mushrooms. Like her her pupils mm -hmm. are that freaking big. Mm -hmm. And um, like so scared and fight or flight and the, the rapid thoughts and the reassurance and then the compulsions of the OCD of counting on her fingers started. Oh. Um, so she did start developing compulsions to go along with the intrusive thoughts. Um, so it's just like everything on that list. But the, the rages were the hardest mm. and most heartbreaking thing. And the depression. Sorry. She's all like in her peak bad. Um, mommy, I wish I could trade trade brains with you. She'd wake up. um, the first thing she'd say is, Mommy, I'm still not happy. Mommy, make me happy. Mommy, make me happy. Yeah. She's like, I can't smile. And she's taking her fingers and she's pushing oh. the corners of her mouth up. And you used to be able to make me happy. Why can't, why can't oh. you make me happy? And like, it's, heartbreaking. it's absolutely heartbreaking. She mm. knows that she's not feeling herself. 
So we did also start seeing a cognitive behavior therapist. Mm -hmm. And so identifying and explaining to her that this is the OCD. They often encourage children to name the OCD so they can separate it from themselves. So give it a name like the bully or Clarence, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you just name your OCD so you can separate it from Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So my husband and I are doing sessions because at such a young age, it's up to us to like have the tools to teach her. Remind me again how old she is. She's five. Right. So she must be frustrated, frustrated though, because she likely recognizes that this is not, mm-hmm. this is not her. Oh yeah, yeah. She knows it's not her. She hates feeling this way, and like the like depression, the joy. Like she doesn't over. She doesn't want to go skating. She doesn't want to play outside. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to play dolls. She doesn't want to color. Anything she'd like to do before, she does had no desire to do. So this was all pre-antibiotic. This is the lowest of the low over Christmas. Finally, after Christmas, after a middle-of-the-night rage, because that was another one, has she had a middle-of-the-night rage yet? I was mm. like, for God's sakes, like, how many boxes do you want to tick on this list before you mm. give me some freaking antibiotics? Mm. Like, some doctors give it to you like candy. Yeah. And here I am in, like, a psychiatric distress with my daughter, and you won't freaking, can we just try it? Even if I'm wrong, yeah. even if the crazy lady's wrong, like, mm. give her some freaking drugs. So anyway, so after a middle of the night rage, I finally hunted down the email of a doctor that I could get in touch with. And anyway, she reviewed her file and emailed the prescription to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist um, sent it to our. Yeah. So anyway, she started the antibiotic at the end of December. The first five days, no difference, really, really disheartening. Mm. And then day four or five, we started to see like an upswing. And then we're operating at 80%. So I've color-coded days, red, yellow, green. So we're, we're in some green days now, some mm, good days. That's great. So that was amazing. And I was like, okay, this is great. But then as soon as she went off them, crash back down. So now, like, we're working with a doctor now who kind of specializes in, in pans, pandas, and he's he's a functional and integrated medicine doctor. And so he looks at it from all angles. And so now I emailed him. I was like, she's crashing. He's like, okay, let's start her on a second course. So now she's on a six-week dose of clavulin, which is a different antibiotic. So it attacks other bacteria, mm-hmm. and we're seeing some really great days. So okay. it is working the other thing is advil so advil as needed the advil rescue so all the parents and all the (laughs) message board groups they know i love advil probably for obviously for different reasons but i love advil it Mm. works and so when you see them starting the the pupils are getting big and they're Mm -hmm. they're starting to get like oh they're gonna have a rage or an episode or you give them the advil Mm -hmm. and it takes the edge off so it's like similar to popping an aspirin you know uh, yeah so so okay I'm hearing what you're saying about your child, and I completely, I completely empathize with what you must be going through as a parent. So, as a parent, mm-hmm. where do you turn? What What did you do? Who did you mm-hmm. talk to? Because this has got to be incredibly isolating for starters. Because you've got the medical community, some of the medical com- community, you know, mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. They're there, dear. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> and and no doubt yeah. you 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 have probably friends and family who are doing so. this as well. You know, uh, questioning your mm-hmm. your parenting and and this is maybe behavioral and it's got nothing to do with uh, you know this. So where did you turn uh, in this moment? I went online because, like you said, it was very isolating because we I, we had to educate everybody. You know, first we're learning about it ourselves and then to enable your closest people to support you, you need to educate them on what's happening. And that was so overwhelming. I found that the information I didn't realize or I didn't know as much information as our support group needed, which added to them um, 
feeling like it maybe wasn't something because I, I didn't know. So I went online and I found Facebook mom groups. Mm-hmm. And thank God I did because that was um, a lifesaver for me to, to be able to connect to other people that were dealing with the exact same things. Mm-hmm. And for in my case, had other multi-siblings um, affected, which was so great because I thought, again, mm-hmm. part of me was like, well, maybe they both have Tourette's. So I doubted it mm-hmm. um, until I started speaking to other people. And then once I made that connection with other moms that had uh, many children affected, some people have three affected, that I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm. Uh, this has been what we're dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have to deal with that. And then I, I decided, damn it, I'm going to educate everybody. Yeah. So... <laughs> So then I steps up to pulpit. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to my TED talk. Yeah. And I thought I'm going to I'm going to write an article or a post or something. And I did for the Yummy Mummy Club and submitted it and they published it. And thank God, because it was through that post that I really connected with the community. A lot of people reached out to me then. Once you start speaking online, Mm -hmm. I didn't for the first three weeks in my head. I was like, it was hell. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go through this. And then when we're done. Because I, I also am a freelance parenting writer and mm. blogger and in social media a lot. And I, I talk about a lot of these things. But I was like, no, I'm too in it right now. It's too raw. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through it and then I'll write about it. Mm. But then it wasn't getting any better. <laughs> and I was like, I need to tell my world, my people, what are going mm. on, what's going on. Because like if you see me at work, I will just start crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... Anyway, CBC actually did an interview with a woman in Calgary named Marnie, and she is a big, big advocate um, for awareness Mm. for pans pandas. They had to go to the States for their child to get care, but now Calgary is really leading the way with their children's hospital. So anyway, so she did an interview and an article. So I just shared hers. I was like, FYI, this is the hell we are living right now. Mm -hmm. And through that, it opened up all, and everyone's DMing me and messaging me. And so now I'm like, okay, here, here we come, advocacy. Like, but there's a great, there's a great moment in that though right finding your community like Mm -hmm. that because you do feel so alone yes when you're dealing with something like this as a parent it can be just so scary so give me an idea of sort of how large this community is do you have sort of I mean I I, you told me I think one Mm -hmm. in 200 right now children will be diagnosed with this okay well I don't know if diagnosed is the right term it's affected okay okay so not it's probably like right 2000 so there's an education that has to happen for for doctors as well Mm -hmm. uh, general practitioners uh, right because this is a relatively new it is in the 80s and 80s 90s okay okay so uh, so your child is still taking antibiotics. Yep. Are your children still taking antibiotics? Okay. We're not in any flares right now. Thank, thank God. Okay. So when a flare <laughs> happens, yes. Uh, are there antibiotics? Yeah. yeah. Always. No. Okay. Uh, so what other treatments have you sought? Yes. Um, to help with this. I did like you too. I went to a naturopath right off the bat and spent four hundred bucks on a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. And. It was really challenging because uh, they're so young, these kids. They they don't want to be taking a slew of medications Mm -hmm. and pills and things that aren't making them feel better right away. So for me personally, that was very – we were leading a pretty healthy diet for the most part. They still snack on crap. but um, (laughs) So I didn't really want to change – I hear you're doing the gluten-free, which a lot of people try. She's already been gluten-free anyway, so it wasn't a huge shift for her. Yeah, 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 a lot of people try that. And then I started to get – at the same time as my youngest – being diagnosed in 2015, my mom was a palliative patient, and she um, wanted to get off of all of her 
medications. So she inquired to me, knowing that I was a recreational cannabis user, she said, hey, Leslie, what can you tell me about it medically? So we went to our family doctor and got her a prescription. And uh, I started, it triggered me then. I was like, wait a minute. If I knew that people with Tourette's could use cannabis for tics. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why, if my kid's brain is inflamed, why can't CBD oil, this magical oil that kids in the States and Charlotte's Web oil, that it's helping, helping kids with epilepsy and Dravet, why can't that help my daughter too? So, because my son at the time wasn't flaring. So I went back to my family doctor um, and I said, uh, I, want, I knew he was supportive of medical cannabis because he'd just given my palliative mom a prescription. So I said, I want to know more about it for my daughter. And he said, well, you can't even get it legally as an oil yet. So I was in the position where I went mama bear and I started um, going to, I, got, I had my own medical cannabis prescription for interstitial cystitis. So I started going to any event my licensed producer would hold. And through that, I, I connected with moms that were, um, treating their kids with Dravet syndrome. So I met Mandy McKnight and other great leaders in the pediatric cannabis world that were making their kids cannabis oil out of the flower, sending it off to a laboratory to be tested, and then having it come back and treating their kid with that. Okay. I connected with them. They said, you've got to try this. So I... Uh, as soon as medical cannabis was legal in oil form, I convinced our pediatrician, who's a the uh, would you say original panda yeah. specialist? Yeah. <clears throat> I was lucky enough to get in with one of the greatest doctors, and uh, she she agreed to prescribe CBD oil to Piper when she was only three, and right. it worked within a day. And CBD is 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 is, is the medical component yeah. of, of cannabis. It's not yeah. the THC? Yeah, they're all they're all cannabinoids. THC right. and CBD are both cannabinoids, but there's lots of different ways people like to say THC gets you high, CBD doesn't. Um, the THC is the fun molecule, CBD <laughs> is the boring one. You know, it's it's the one that is n notorious for reducing inflammation. Um, and, and, it, and reducing inflammation to me so sounds like yeah. this is the key in this, mm -hmm. right? It is all Absolute. inflammation. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and it worked. So we used that in conjunction with antibiotics until we weaned off antibiotics. And then since like she's seven now, so for four years, we've been using CBD as a frontline defense. It doesn't. It's not a magic oil. It doesn't work with every flare, and it doesn't work with it's not every work, child. It's not going to work with every child, right? Um, but it does work sometimes, and it does take the edge off. So mm -hmm. we can use it in situations where we don't want to use Advil, which also works on the endocannabinoid system. So that's mm -hmm. why those are both working mm -hmm. the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and it just gives a different a tool in our toolkit, to be honest yeah. with you. Right. Mm -hmm. I will definitely be looking into this. We have mm -hmm. another meeting on uh, coming up with our doctor, and I'm going to bring this yeah. up to I bet. It yeah. wouldn't be the first time they've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So you talk to a lot of moms in this space then. So what are sort of... What's what are you looking at? Is this long term, uh, you know, effects? Are you looking at you? Well, obviously, your son. Right? My son's getting better. He hasn't flared in a while. Knock on wood. He yeah. just turned okay. fifteen this okay. past week, and uh, I, he does have some transient tics that have I think stuck with him, mm. um, but they're not terrible. So it's not necessarily a lifetime. No, it's pediatric. Affliction, yeah, it's right? pediatric. Mm -hmm. It's I two mean, to thirteen. I read. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so they grow out of it after thirteen. 
I, I hope so. <laughs> There's I see online some that have flared. You know, they get a bad strep or get a, a tick bite and flare at 18. You know, once you have an autoimmune condition, yeah. you usually roll into an, another autoimmune condition or, yeah. you know, it's one thing after another, sadly. Yeah. But it's just it's en encephalitis of yeah. the brain. It's, yeah, okay, I actually read that is. they're um, consider proposing. So Sydenham, Korea mm -hmm. and pandas um, are to encephalitis uh, condition. They're considering renaming it just uh, basal ganglia encephalitis. Mm -hmm. oh, they yeah. might just loop, lump it together and, and oh. give it that name. That's what I read. That would be great. Um, but yeah, it. I I hope that they grow out of it. But I think mm -hmm. what I'm learning for myself is at first, like I said, I was hoping this would just be, oh, she has a flare, this episode, we're going to get through it. Mm -hmm. Back to life is normal. Nothing about our life is normal now. And yeah. it won't be. This has changed mm -hmm. the course of our lives, of how we're going to um, par parent and how like my career might have to change and be more flexible. Because if these flares, how mm -hmm. often are they going to come? You know, sometimes, like I've heard some parents, they're like, We've just had one, and then we went three or four years and didn't have another one. Then I've heard other parents mm -hmm. say, like, we've had three this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know what our mm -hmm. future holds. Mm -hmm. um, it's made me, yeah, rethink a lot of things. Schools are gross. Yeah, schools are disgusting. <laughs> My daughter has been out of school. I've looked mm -hmm. into homeschooling. Many that pandas might, parents do. Yeah, mm -hmm. that might have to be our reality. Mm -hmm. She's very social, and I know that that's the myth of homeschooling or unschooling, that they're mm -hmm. not socialized, but, like, um, it would break my heart in some ways for her not to have a peer group she sees every single day because she's like an extreme extrovert. But mm. if her health, like if it comes to that, we will figure it out. Right. Um, and this isn't something that's just going to be, oh, one and done. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. um, dietary changes, lifestyle changes, environmental things like and for our whole family, because mm -hmm. I also, too, have the fear that my son could be yeah. affected. Yeah. Um, gut health, learning about that a lot so <laughs> um, important the microbiome i will say my daughter was on um i won't say a brand name for fear of any kind of you know wrist slapping from your radio station but <laughs> um she was on uh, a supplement that would help her with bowel movements every day prescribed by her doctor mm. and i know um, of which supplement you're speaking yep it's uh there's mm -hmm. a class action lawsuit in the u.s right now mm -hmm. against the the parent company mm -hmm. and um I even talked to our doctor about it. I was like, could this? And he's, he said, it alters your microbiome. So it's not saying this causes pandas, but oh. it really messes stuff up mm. and just leaves you wide open. You know what I mean? It, it really, So your microbiome is so important. You mm -hmm. need to protect it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Inflammation, gut health. We always, <clears throat> like, we cook and bake ourselves everything from bread. You know, so we already ate pretty healthy, not a lot of processed foods, but we're being even more strict because I, I think that it, you come at it from all angles. Okay. Um, yeah. So parents are listening to this and, you know, what would you say to them? What what should they watch for? Sort of what, what would set off red flags for them immediately? I immediately want to say overnight change, but it's not the right thing to say because it's not necessarily always the case. Mm -hmm. But um, a change in your child's demeanor that you know is is wrong, I would say. Um, trust your gut. If you know that your kid is acting differently than their personality is, then trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Because it's not necessarily always an overnight onset. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of parents have asked me, that they say, how did you know it was OCD? Because it can be ticks. Mm. 
and or OCD. Okay. Um, it's not always OCD. It's not always yeah. tics. It can be one or the other or both. Um, so I... Uh, I have it here for you. I looked this up. Uh, so Kids Health Org. Um, OCD is a condition that causes kids to have unwanted thoughts, feelings, and fears. These are called obsessions, and they make kids feel anxious. To relieve the obsessions and anxiety, OCD le- leads kids to do behaviors called compulsions. So OCD, um, it's the thoughts, the unwanted intrusive thoughts. So for us, uh, I knew that that wasn't my kid. So um, that's knowing what OCD looks like and kind of, I think, education on that front. It's not just about things being neat and orderly or germs and washing your hands. Mm -hmm. It's the the thought. And yeah, trust your gut. You know your kid. Don't let the medical profession, if one doctor doesn't believe you, go to another one, go to another one, go to another. You are your child's advocate. And like, Time is ticking. This is urgent. This needs to be triaged as an urgent situation. And so seek the help and just reach out and find other parents too for support. Yeah. And if I can add to that, I think one thing that's really important, having been in the the pandas trenches for five years, or I guess it is five years mm-hmm. now, is is it's so important to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It is so important to take Put care your of yourself. Put your mask on first. Yeah. 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 I didn't realize how fast... It happened. It happened fast for me, and I I burnt out, and I had major care caregiver PTSD, yeah. where uh, any anything that my kid, if anybody said that they had a sore throat, I would tremble mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. I I just the panic was terrible. So it's so important for parents to recognize and for their support groups to recognize that this is a real problem in these families, yeah. and to to make sure that the parents and the other siblings are okay as other well. Other siblings. Yeah. It's been huge for me having friends reach out and say. Uh, does your son want to have a play date? Mm-hmm. Can I take your son? Because he needs a break yeah. wh- when you're in a flare. Yeah. And like, so having friends out there that will take your other kid and even having friends out there that are willing to have a play date with someone that you might have to cancel on mm-hmm. at a moment's notice yeah. or things are going south fast and we just got to get the heck out of here. Sorry, we've been here for 15 minutes. But having people there that can support you because it is, it's so isolating when yeah. you're it's when you're in a flare, especially. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time and joining me today. This has been really enlightening, and I, I know it will help other parents out there uh, just to know about this, right? Mm-hmm. Even just knowing about it and having it on your radar. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot as parents we have to know. I mean, and I'm sure you didn't suspect this at any point, right? Right. So thank you so much for joining me, and uh, we'll be back with another What She Said podcast. Thanks, Candice. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast 
It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.